Death Triathlon Show, episode 27. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Death Triathlon Show. The podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. As always, I'm your host, Michael, and today's episode is the first in a three-part series on training zones, where, as we do in triathlon, we will start with swimming, and this will be followed by training zones for, or episodes on training zones for cycling and running in coming episodes. So uh, we will dive right into the meat and potatoes of these episodes. I know that the last few episodes have been running a bit long, maybe. I don't know, some of you have actually written in some feedback and saying that you really enjoy it. But I know that also that some people want to me to keep these episodes a bit shorter. So I'll try to do that today and not uh, ramble on too much. So let's just start by uh, defining the purpose of having training zones and training according to training zones. And as it relates to swimming, but in general, it is to train or swim at the right intensity at the right time in order to make your training as effective as possible. So if you just go out as hard as you can every single time, you won't progress at the rate that you could be doing otherwise. Likewise, if you're always just plodding at a very, very leisurely pace, then you're not going to develop much either. It will be a very limited progress that you make compared to if you if you are strategic about what intensities you train at. So zones are all about training intensities and you can measure intensity in a few different ways and it depends on the sport a bit and we'll go into that but essentially when you're supposed to go easy you don't go moderate and when you're supposed to go hard you don't go moderate those are the most common mistakes that people go moderate all the time and never really go easy enough or hard enough for what the purpose of a single workout is so uh, yeah using training zones will help you do that because you have something to stick to and you can see that you're on track and get instant feedback for what you're doing and that will help you improve as quickly as possible. So if we just go into the typical architecture of a, a swimming session, it usually consists of something like a warm-up. That might be a 10-minute uh, easy swim with at an intensity that is easy. It might include some uh, technical work, some drills, and then after the warm-up, the end of the warm-up might be a little bit of slightly faster, moderate swimming, but nothing nothing too much, but just building into towards that main set a little bit. But usually there might also, depending on the length of your of your swim session and your ability as a swimmer, there might be a, like a pre-main set or a build, a bridge between the warm-up and the main set. So let's call it a build set uh, for this uh, podcast at least. So this is where you go into that more moderate swimming and build the intensity and you maybe even even add something really fast or not really fast but moderate plus to fast minus or something like that depending on what your main set coming up will be and usually the way that I like to do it uh, is to have depending on the session length it will almost always always if I'm honest be four by 50 meters and these 50 meters will be 
acceleration. So starting at uh, an easy pace the first quarter of the 50, so the first 12.5 meters, then moderate minus the second 12.5, then a turn if it's a 25 meter pool, and then going moderate plus. So now I'm uh, working a bit, and then the last quarter of the 50, I will go hard. Then I'll rest for 15 seconds and then do it all again and do that four times. And that is a short and sweet build set. It's just 200 meters. But it uh, usually gets me warmed up and uh, and my heart rate up a bit so that I'm ready to perform in the main set. And uh, then, yes, so the main set, there will be different types. But uh, the main ones are typically endurance-based sets where the intensity is uh, moderate so that you are able to perform the entire set because they will be long relative to your abilities and and uh, still be relatively fast or towards the end they will feel hard then you will have threshold which is uh, moderate plus or hard minus pace and uh, this pace is something that you the fr- your threshold pace is uh, for most swimmers something that you could hold for 1500 meters in a race uh, roughly and then we have speed sets, which are hard plus. So again, I said that uh, th- threshold sets, the intensity may be hard minus on a perceived exertion scale, whereas the speed sessions will be definitely going balls to the walls. So so very short intervals, but very intense. And then the final part, and the main set will be the bulk of your session. So usually if you do a one-hour swim, then maybe 10 minutes will be your warm-up. It can be 15 minutes, it kind of depends. And then five minutes to 10 minutes will be that build set that I just talked about. And then you might have a a 30 to 40-minute main set. And then a cool down, just uh, five minutes is usually enough. You can do 10 minutes as well, but but five minutes it typically is enough, especially for, for time-crunched athletes. I, I find that five minutes is plenty for the cool down. And that, the cool down again is very easy. So if you swim all of these sessions at an intensity, sorry, all of the, the parts of, of a session like this at an intensity that is very similar, you're not getting all of the benefits that you could be getting because you will be if you start for example too hard at, in the warm-up and you have a threshold set coming up you won't really be able to because the warm-up even if it doesn't feel like it because you're at the beginning of your session it's pretty easy but it will still require an unnecessary amount of energy that will take away from your main set that might be a threshold set so that you won't be able to complete the set at the right intensity maybe you can keep up with the intensity for the first 15 reps but then the last five or ten you you struggle and you you have you fade and don't complete the session as well as you could have otherwise if you had you would have just gone here at the start and that those sorts of things can happen if you don't have specific training zones or training intensity prescriptions that you follow so how then do we measure intensity in swim training and um it is uh, pace. That is the single correct answer. I know that there are heart rate monitors for swimming, but uh, since most of the training that we do in swimming is interval-based, and uh, many, many of the intervals are three minutes or less, and the, the heart rate, it takes three minutes for it to stabilize, at least sometimes more. It's really, and you can't even monitor in real time the heart rate while you're swimming. So, so it really doesn't make much sense to use heart rate as a way to to measure intensity. An analogy to to cycling, if you are a cyclist or a triathlete that uses a power meter, then you don't do your sessions 
based on heart rate that's uh, maybe your easy sessions yes you might do that but but your most of your quality sessions you will follow your power meter numbers to a t and the reason being that power is the output that you produce the uh, heart rate is just your internal workload which is important i'm not saying that but it's also affected by many other factors that are less controllable like let's say caffeine can affect heart rate a lot and uh, how you slept but and of course how you slept has an impact on how you perform in your training but that's not something that should always steer how you do your workout if you have the capability to have a slightly poor night's sleep and still perform your workout you shouldn't you shouldn't cut yourself short on that good workout just by following heart rate so again what i want to stress is that we follow pace in other words we want to hit our intervals on specific times so let's say you have your main set is 15 by 100 and then you have and you're supposed to do them at threshold pace and your threshold pace is 145 per 100 meter then that's what you are supposed to be following even if you have a heart rate monitor i mean i love data and data is really cool and you can analyze it to death and it's fun it it can be a hobby for many so by all means use heart rate monitors but don't use it to guide your swimming workouts because you won't be be making be training specifically enough or as specifically i should say as if you were doing pace just as in cycling where you're using power if you have a power meter and in swimming it's so easy because all multi-sport watches these days have great pace functions that you can you can so easily see what the pace of your last rep was and you don't need a watch either you can use a pace clock at uh, the wall of the swimming pool that most swimming pools have a pace clock so just that's completely free you don't need a multi-sport watch in fact many coaches think that you shouldn't use them and i definitely encourage you not to overlook at your watch just have a quick check am i on pace or did i swim the last interval on the pace that i should need do i need to increase the pace a little bit or do i need to back down a little bit and that's all you need a quick two-second evaluation, and then you focus on your next interval and stop focusing on your watch. So if you use a watch, don't let that derail from your focus on your actual swimming. One thing that... uh, Actually, my sister is getting into swimming. She might be listening to this, so... So she does a really neat trick because she she only has a running watch, so she can't swim with it, obviously, but she hangs it by the side of the pool and... uh, and just checks the timer, the second or minute and second timer from it, a stopwatch function basically to check her her paces. So you can you can be creative. Just bring a stopwatch and tape it to your water bottle or something in inside a uh, I don't know a plastic bag or something that you tape to your water bottle. There are so many things that you can do to measure pace very easily. No excuses not to use pace. All right. So how do you then set your training zones based on pace? There are a few different ways, but uh, I'm a big proponent of the Swim Smooth and uh, Paul Newsom School of Thought, which is based around critical swim speed, which is essentially your threshold swimming pace. So that's what I'll cover now. I'll give you another quick example after I've covered this CSS-based system, which is uh, Joe Friel's zones. But for now, let's dive into the critical swim speed. So it's all starting with a CSS test. And that is a 400 meter and 200 meter time trial performed in the same session. So you would do an, um, a thorough warm up and a build set, as I talked about, and then go into a 400 meter time trial, take a 10 to 15 minute active recovery rest, a lot of just passive recovery standing, but some active recovery to keep yourself warm and loose and in a little bit of movement, and then do the 200 meter time trial. 
and uh, record your times for that. And then there is an online calculator that I'll link to in the show notes. It can also be found by just Googling CSS test calculator. Or hang on, I have my computer here, so I can actually check the URL just one second. This is really good radio, by the way. Yeah, so it's at swimsmooth.com forward slash CSS calculator dot HTML. But you can Google swimsmooth CSS calculator and you'll be able to find it. All right, so basically the way it works is that it uh, it takes into account your paces for the 400 and the 200 and how much uh, quicker you are on 200, relatively speaking, and so on to calculate your threshold pace. So just as an example, I plugged in these numbers before. So if you swim your 400 meter in seven minutes flat, that's a 145 pace per 100 meter. So one minute, 45 seconds per 100 meter. And the 200 meter in 315, so that's 138 pace per 100 meter. So seven seconds faster per 100 meter in the in the 200 compared to the five, 400, which is a, a pretty reasonable time and uh, something that would be pretty normal. Then your CSS pace, remember your pace is for the 400, 145, for the 200, 138. You plug it into the calculator and your CSS pace comes out at 153. So it's eight seconds per 100 slower than the 400 meter time trial. So that is your CSS pace or the pace that you could probably sustain for or should be able to sustain for 1500 meters, maybe even a 1900 meter or half Ironman race pace. Ironman pace, again, would be probably, you would have to add at least two, probably four seconds per 100 meters, depending on your endurance. Yeah, probably four or even more for for most triathletes. So the way I like to structure swim training and uh, that mine is structured is mostly, and Swim Smooth has this philosophy uh, as well. And uh, yeah, I've read a lot about swimming training philosophy and for triathletes. And obviously, we've had several swim coaches on the podcast and uh, and everybody has slightly different takes on it. But but I like the Swim Smooth methodology with a lot of focus on threshold training. So usually, again, depending on your ability, your main, if you're a fairly decent swimmer, your main set will be 1500 to 2000 meters, all at CSS pace with uh, pretty short recoveries. So examples would be 20 times 100 meters with 15 second recoveries at CSS pace, 10 times 200 with 20 second recoveries, or 5 times 400 with 30 second recoveries. But then you will also have some endurance training sessions with your pace is being up to 10 seconds per 100 meter slower than CSS, uh, depending on the set and the interval length. So, for example, it might be as much as three times 1,000 at CSS plus 10 seconds per 100 meters, or eight times 400 at CSS plus five seconds per 100 meters. Or you could have descending workouts, which would be like something like 1,000 meters at CSS plus 10, followed by, and uh, then a recovery, uh, which I have to think of the spot, uh, maybe it could be a couple of minutes, and then 800 meters at CSS plus eight, let's say, 130 recovery for that and then a 600 meter with uh, at css plus six seconds per 100 meters followed by one one minute recovery and then a 400 meter at css plus four seconds per 100 meter 
and then a 200 at CSS plus two. So going faster all the time for shorter intervals. Things like that is what you would do in endurance training. So it will still be very difficult towards the end, even though the CSS plus 10 is going to feel really easy at first. Even at the end of that 1000 meter rep, it will start to, you will be having to focus really to be able to make it through. And then finally, the the third type of session, main type of session would be speed sessions, which are fast. So you don't necessarily need to pace it based on on any paces, just go more by feel, like 95% of all out. The reason that I'm saying 95% and not 100% is that if you're going 100%, chances are that you're actually just fighting the water and, and going slower than you would if you would go just slightly more controlled. So one guideline for how fast this pace would be is probably something like 10 seconds per 100 faster than CSS pace. So if your CSS pace, again, would be 145 per 100 meter, 100 meter, by the way, is probably the fastest or the longest interval that you should do at this effort, but more probable will be doing 50s and 25s at this intensity, unless you're a very good swimmer. So, but yeah, let's say that you're doing 50s, and your CSS pace is 145. So for a 50 meter, that would be, let me think, 52 and a half seconds would be your CSS pace. So then your fasts would be maybe something like 43 seconds or maybe 44, 44, 45 seconds. So CSS minus eight seconds. All right. So what I want to say, um, this maybe hasn't been the clearest podcast and how this relates to training zones. Uh, the thing I want to say with all of this is that in swimming, there are ways to calculate training zones, and I will talk about one of them later. But uh, I don't like using training zones in swimming. I u- like using paces, specific paces, which are based around CSS. But then you, depending on the type of training, if it's an endurance set, you add some time to the CSS pace. So, so it, the pace becomes slower with a certain amount of seconds per 100 meter. So again, for the three times 1000 meter example of endurance training at CSS plus 10 seconds per 100 meters. So if your CSS pace is 135 per 100, then you would do the thousands at 145 pace. And the speed workouts that you go by feel and just 95% is 95%. You, you can feel it that you're going almost all out and, and that's all you need really. You don't need pace guidelines for that. But then again, the reason that I like this system is that the threshold training in swimming is really extremely effective to as once you get the baseline technique right, you, you have decent technique, then this kind of training will help you further develop that technique while you're also working hard. So you're really killing two uh, birds with one stone. And uh, and that is why I love this kind of training and uh, and base my training and my athletes training around this kind of threshold training. So yeah, for swimming, you don't really need training zones, but you should definitely be prescribing the training very, very specifically based around those paces. But there is an alternative, for example, there are several alternatives, but one example is Joe Friel's tables and zones, and they can be found, you can use uh, his zones in Training Peaks, and you can also look at his book, Your Best Triathlon, which is a fantastic book. Joe Friel, by the way, was our guest in episode one, so I recommend you go back and listen to that. But anyway, his swimming zones are based around 1,000 meter time trial, and I'll just give you an example of a time trial 
result and the training zones that you would get from that according to Joe Friel's tables so that you get an idea. So let's say you swim the 1,000 meter time trial in 90 minutes. That would be 1 minute and 54 seconds per 100 meters. Then your lowest intensity zone is active recovery, which would be 221 plus, so slower than 221 per 100. Your second zone is aerobic endurance and would be 213 to 220. And that is at least 20 seconds slower than your time trial pace. So for the 1000 meter. Then your tempo zone, so the third zone or moderate, you could call it, would be 204 to 212. That would be up to that 10 seconds slower than your time trial pace. And your threshold zone would be 153. Remember, we swam the 1000 meter time trial in 154 pace. So your time trial pace is the high end of the tre- threshold zone. But the threshold zone is uh, uh, 10 seconds uh, in width. So it goes down to 203 per 100 meters. And then your aerobic capacity or your VO2 max is 144 to 152. So up to 10 seconds faster than TT. That would be those speed sessions that I talked about. And then your anaerobic capacity would be even faster than that. For 95% of the listeners to this show, you won't be able to hold anaerobic capacity pace for longer than 25 meters. That's just a fact because it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, swimming is such a technique sport still. So, so that, uh, that is going to be unreasonable. And that is not something that is trained a lot in swimming anyway. You will mostly use those that tempo zone for your endurance work and that threshold zone, especially for your threshold work. So you can use that kind of zone best system as just as well. I like the specifics of having an exact pace to shoot for on all my refs because swimming is such a controlled environment. You're in the pool. Typically, you're in the same pool every time, so... So it really is uh, very easy to control it pretty exactly. And it teaches you pacing to pace very exactly, which is a very good thing to, to learn. All right. I hope that you found this useful. So again, training zones for swimming are based around paces. And the way I like to do it is based around the critical swim speed, the CSS pace, which you can calculate from a 400 and 200 meter time trial. And much of your training will be based around or at exactly that CSS pace. So that is threshold training. That is, in summary, what we talked about. But some will be endurance-based training up to 10 seconds per 100 meters slower than that CSS pace for something like a 1,000 or 800 meter repeat or even a 600. But uh, then some, again, will be speed which, where you go faster. But I like to base those on just on perceived exertion. So we will continue this series with training zones for cycling and running. But first, in the next episode, I'll bring you another interview, which is with uh, Brad Stolberg, the author of the upcoming available for pre-order book, Peak Performance, where we talk about the science of success and in triathlon, but in life as well. And this is an interview that was absolutely amazing. I have already conducted it and uh, me and Brad could just have gone on forever. Steve Magnus is a co-author and uh, he was about to take part in that interview, but unfortunately got stuck in a meeting. So so it was just me and Brad, but uh, we were riffing about and about the science of success and per- performance in, in triathlon and in life and, and go into those sort of things 
it's fascinating and even your non-triathlete friends would will find that uh, helpful so you can tip them off about that as well and that will be out by the time this episode will be released on a monday so that interview with brad will come out on thursday so as always if you have any questions about this episode or any feedback or requests for topic guests etc you can email me michael at scientific triathlon.com that's michael with a k and you can find the show notes for today's episode on thattriathlonshow.com. And as always, I'm uh, ashamed to say I'm still not in uh, the routine where I get the show notes up on the same day where the podcast gets released. But I want to stick to the podcast routine, which has now been working for a long time already. So I'll keep putting those show notes up, but they might be there just a couple of days later. But obviously, if you go there today, right after listening to this interview, you can check out the uh, show notes from the previous episode so thank you again for listening i really appreciate it this show is nothing without you the listeners so keep training smart and keep loving triathlon <laughs>